Now back to the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate Show. Driven by Aristocrat Motors, Kansas City's home of luxury automobiles for over 50 years. Here's Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson. Welcome into Hour 2. It's the Chiefs and the Broncos. Coming up, about 59 minutes. The Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. Driven by Aristocrat Motors, Kansas City's home of luxury automobiles for over 50 years. Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson, the Dustman, Dusty Likens behind the glass. And now we welcome on the great Jay Binkley. Jay, you ready for Chiefs Broncos today? <laughs> it's snowing. Why wouldn't you like this? It's great to see you, Kent. Pete, see you too, buddy. You, you look like a guy who just loves a snow football game. Rocking the shorts today like Eric Fisher, you know, coming in here. <laughs> there's no crying in football, and there's no crying in covering football. You know what I'm saying? I'm going out there making snow angels, throwing snowballs at dust, man. Things are good. Now, I do. <laughs> now we, I'm going to go to Marcus Robinson on you. <laughs> now we're talking, we're talking about one of the major storylines in this game, of course, it being Drew Locke. We know you're a big Drew Locke guy. I hated to see them go to the Denver Broncos. How do you think he responds to what is the third game of his pro football career and this snow environment? Just think about, you know, liking the sport of football as much as like Drew did, you know, growing up. He had a chance to go play basketball and he made his mark in football. And, you know, local kid here, the Simone Trophy, uh, it's, the, it's the most prestigious award in high school football. He wins it and he goes to Missouri. And to play against, like, this town is captivated by a quarterback. And it's not Drew Locke. It's Patrick Mahomes. And he grew up in this town. He starred in this town. And here comes Mahomes. And as a fan of football, and I'm sure he's a fan of the game, he's admitted he's a Chiefs fan, admitted he's been to many Chiefs games with his dad. Now you're at Arrowhead Stadium, the place that you used to sit in the stands, you know, tailgating with your dad, Mm -hmm. going to the games with your dad, putting on the Chiefs gear. And all of a sudden you find yourself in the snow playing against Patrick Mahomes, and he admitted his friends all talk. He said, back when I was a senior in college, and then he corrected himself, he played the audio. It was funny because I was a senior last year. I forgot. But his friends are Patrick Mahomes fans. They're Chiefs fans. They live that. So you're going against people that you probably looked up to and respected right. a little bit playing the NFL. Your friends are there. And now you're at Arrowhead St- Stadium playing them. Think about it. People in sports don't have this opportunity very much. And I know Royals players you know, get a kick out of and they're playing like Mike Trout and stuff like this. And the Major League Baseball doesn't do the jersey exchanges, you know, like the NFL does. But there's a high amount of respect from players to players. But when you're playing in your hometown, this town is Chiefs dominated, and you have a chance to go out there and play against your team in front of your friends and family. I can't imagine what's going through. I think that does carry a little bit of pressure to it. Rookie quarterbacks, 1-20 in, in Arrowhead Stadium since 1990. But they didn't carry this like Drew Locke is carrying the day. I think there's a lot going against Drew Locke today, and, and I don't want to be too negative on it, but this is going to be the third game of Sam, or this is going to be the third game that he's he's out there. They've got a little bit of a sample size to work on, work with, and he's he's got to he's got to really eliminate the distractions because this week carries a lot of distractions for Drew Locke because of all the exterior factors. That's all it was the emotion behind this game, going to play at a, at a stadium that you grew you grew up in, dealing with. Fans or friends and family wanting tickets and all that outside noise. He's got to eliminate all of that, focus in to try to put together a good performance uh, against his hometown team. And I think that there's a lot going against him, especially you know the snow. I mean, it's going to be a big challenge for him. And if Drew Locke comes out of this okay, I think the Denver Broncos got to feel good about where they are. 
you know, moving forward with a young quarterback. He's had 10 practices as a starter. You know, he's thrown on IR, but 10 practices as a starter for that team. His mom took care of the tickets. He didn't have to worry about it. The Broncos didn't show up to about 5 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, so they really wasn't that time for the distraction. You think about it. You, you show up, you check in, you team dinner, meetings, whatever. You're in bed, you wake up, you're at Arrowhead Stadium. Really not that time. Most of that set in in Denver when the media was bombarding him. with Denver is infatuated with people that are playing from Kansas City. And not only that, I mean, we've seen this before. Shane Ray had the Chiefs tattoo, and everybody's talking about it. But their savior quarterback is a dude from Kansas City. Right. Here's the other thing, too. I believe that town will turn on him the minute he struggles. Why? Because he's from Kansas City. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. Drew Locke can do something in Kansas City that Derek Carr has never been able to do. People are talking about the ceiling for Drew Locke as a Derek Carr. Derek Carr can't play when it's under 40 degrees. He's he's never won. He can't play at Arrowhead Stadium. He's got a chance right away, right. the mindset, to do two things that Derek Carr has never done at Arrowhead Stadium. And he's got the advantage, too. I mean, you think about it. He could have stayed at home if he wanted last night. Got a home-cooked meal. You think he stayed at his house instead of the, the team hotel? Uh, uh, his, dad probably ca- <laughs> his dad probably catered it, to be <laughs> Yeah, Andy brought in Andy brought in food for the but uh, the animal style for them, you know. Talking about a little bit of the uh, other storylines in this game, Bink, I want to ask you about Patrick Mahomes' hand. I mean, from what you heard, the enemies told us this week, Pat's being Pat, so not a ton of insight there. You expect Mahomes to be at least close to the guy we're expected to see? I do, and you would think that the hand would have been the biggest story this week. You know, that's what I was thinking. We were doing the post game last week, Pete. That all of a sudden, people, it's like we've talked about the ankle and then the knee and the hand, but the hand wasn't really the story this week because I think people realized that this dude's tough and he's got that toughness about him. And he said that you know Monday he had a little trouble gripping the football, mm-hmm. and then on Tuesday he was able to grip the football, drive the football, and that hand has just gotten better. You know they've taken care of this hand, whatever they're doing. I don't know if he's got a doctor going to home with him or not. I wouldn't be surprised, but he finds himself in game shape, ready to go. And some of these guys are gutting it up. You know, Frank Clark is the defensive version of Pat Mahomes showing that toughness. One thing we like to do on the show, if you missed the first hour, do the AP player spotlight. Kent is focusing in on Colin Saunders today. I am all about McCole Hardman. If we had to do a bink AP player spotlight, who is the chief that you're watching and you're setting your sights on today. You know, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey today. Last week, uh, Kent and I went McCall Hardman, and guess who scored a touchdown? I understand huh. the McCall. I'm not going McCall Hardman tw- twice in a row. But Kelsey, that this is a, the tight end position today. Let's face it, they're going to need it. Shallow crosses, little outs to post. Travis Kelsey, I think, will be a big weapon. I don't know how many times they're going to have that opportunity to go down the field, especially when you talk about Pat's hands. And the condition, I think Travis Kelsey emerges as the guy. He gets well over 100 yards today. That's the guy that I'm looking at for the Chiefs. We're going to go over it a little bit later on the things to watch for. With 11 receiving yards, Kelsey would become the first tight end in NFL history for four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Only a handful of guys have even have had that. Yeah, Greg Olson had three. Greg Olson, Tony G. Yeah, that's pretty good, Pete. Yeah. Um, I, w- I do want to ask you about Cortland Sutton and his words. What do you make of the wide receiver saying not if, but when we take care of business. Yeah, I liked how he quickly shifted, if, not when. <laughs> no, listen, smack talk's part of it. You know, here's the thing. I would be a total hypocrite to say that what he said was wrong because Frank Clark said, bring right. on the Patriots again. You know, if that was somebody saying that about the Chiefs, how we reacted, no, I don't have a problem with that because in the NFL, you should have the mindset that you can win. And this team, and especially Corden Sutton, has to have that mindset. This is a new group. This is the future of their team. This is Drew Locke. This is young Noah Fant. 
This is Philip Lindsay. This is the young core of offensive players. I wouldn't expect him to say anything else. He shouldn't say, hey, we're expected to go in there and lose for the ninth time against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in a row. I, I don't expect him to say that. I think the Broncos are tired of hearing how they've lost eight times in a row. They better get used to saying nine times in a row after today. On the other side of the football, we talked about Patrick Mahomes. On the other side of the football, it seems like the Chiefs' defensive confidence is growing. Who do you say, okay, this person deserves the most credit for it? Is it just simply Steve Spagnuolo? I think so. You, you think of Spags, and then you think of you know the, the new additions that brought attitude. And I think it's right there. It's 1A, 1B. The attitude of Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew coming in. But I'm saying Spags because it's all-encompassing. It's what he did by, by changing the system. Sticking with his plan, not going away with his plan, not panicking. People were down on Spags earlier this year saying, oh, he's just like Bob Sutton. Well, he stayed the course, and he's got his team. He brought in this this coaching staff that he trusts, guys that he's been with along the way in his journey in the National Football League, Matt House, Brendan Daly, Dave Merritt, uh, the great job Sam uh, or Dave, or, uh, Sam Madison has done with this team too. Right. But he built this mindset, and he said sticking with the plan. And then – the one, the one key thing Spag said this week at his press conference at the end, he said, guys weren't satisfied with what happened in New England. They gave up 16 points on the road to Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, as Torres Paler says, in the house where the phones don't work. And they held him to 16 points. Not only that, Tom Brady had the opportunity to do what he's done his whole career, and that's come down, tie up a game, or win a game. Yep. They knocked it down. He didn't get that job done. We've seen other quarterbacks do that against his team. They didn't do it. But the fact that he said that, you know, Chris Jones said that after the game as well. He wasn't satisfied giving up. I would have taken 16 points in New England if you told me this in July or you told me this in August. Would you sign up for this? Yes. It'd be like a major size letters. Yeah, that's usually something fans say, but it's interesting to hear it coming from the actual team. I do want to get your game prediction in a second, Bank. Back to Mahomes. Do you think this is finally the game? Mahomes breaks out. I do. I do. And you'd say, well, why? Why? With the hand, the snow. Sure. Believe it or not, quarterbacks, they dig this stuff. And the one thing is, is receivers know where they're going. Defensive backs don't. The advantage goes to the wide receivers in snow-type games. It, it's tough to stop, readjust. You're going backwards. You're backpedaling. I give the advantage to the Chiefs receivers. But I think he does. Rain, snow, doesn't really affect these guys. The wind does. The wind is the factor that that affects quarterbacks. I, I keep saying we're waiting for Mahomes' breakout. I think this we do. I think a complete team effort. I think the defense, uh, the special teams, and the offense today, just like the last time against the Raiders where all three units were working together. But, yes, sign me up for Mahomes over 300 yards. I feel like the league as a whole has just forgotten about Pat because of the injuries and all the conditions and Lamar Jackson mania, which is deserved. I love Lamar Jackson. He got mentioned at the Heisman Lamar last Jackson. night, though, Mahomes did. But people have just, yeah, people have forgotten. What was the mention? Four quarterbacks that have gone over 40 touchdowns and at least 10 rushing. Well, there you go. A little bit of love uh, <laughs> at the college level. Thank uh, you, Dusty. <laughs> Bink, Bink, what is your prediction for this game? I'm going 24-17 to 17, Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I have a couple field goals, one for the Chiefs, because Butker, man. Butker can kick in this oh stuff. Oh, my God. And Denver's used to snow. They're used to practicing in it. So, And you can kick field goals in this. Uh, just ask Gavin. 24-17. 24-17, Kansas City Chiefs. You, what did you make of Arrowhead Pride Zone, Craig Stout, friend of your show? And that's coming down because I, I had a double-digit winner yeah. this week, 27-17. Craig, Craig had 35-10. to 10. He thinks this is going to be a shootout in the snow. Could be. I mean, <laughs> be you, I just these teams do play each other. Denver is feeling themselves a little bit. I think they have a new attitude and a little bit of mojo 
uh, going on, but the Chiefs do win this game. And the seven points, even though that seems just like one touchdown, but I think you know they'll they'll dominate this game physically and come away with that win. That's Jay's prediction. We will give our own predictions coming up at the end of this show in Premier Picks. You can catch Jay and I on the post-game show where you can call in, you can text in. We'll be playing sound from Arrowhead Stadium of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Should be fun. Jay, uh, enjoy the game. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Kim. When we come back, it's time once again for our Arrowhead Pride live mailbag where you can text in your comments, your questions, your thoughts, whatever. We'll read them on air. Kent and I will react. That's coming up next on the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. The Arrowhead Pride Tailgate Show, driven by Aristocrat Motors. The AP Mailbag. Send in your questions on Twitter to at Arrowhead Pride. Take it away, Pete. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. Get your questions, your comments, whatever you got to say, get it in. 69306. We'll read it live on the air, and we will we will react to it. We'll answer your questions if we happen to know the answer. The first, who takes the lead at running back for the Chiefs now that Damian Williams will not go in this game? I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Spencer Ware. Uh, they trust Spencer Ware. They With tr- carries this year. I, yes, I think I think he's. This is a this is a game for him. They he 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 came out of that healthy. The the game against the Patri- Patriots, he was fine on us. They, they they thought they were going to be on a limited scout, snap count. And they continued to give him more opportunities because he was feeling good. I think he he continues that. I think he's I think he's going to be a pretty important piece of this thing moving forward in, in the home stretch, especially with the protections. Yeah, I mean, I think you know how I feel about this. I tend to agree with Kent. I would like to see more run from Darwin Thompson. I know that's not necessarily a popular opinion, especially with the Chiefs. Apparently, well, I mean, I, I don't. I, I doesn't that doesn't mean you can't give Darwin Thompson a little bit more run because he didn't get a ton last week anyway. But at the same time, like I think that the it's always going to be a committee, and it should always be a committee with the Chiefs at the running back position. Maybe Darwin gets a little bit more of that committee uh, role, but. You know, I, I still think it's pretty important that you know you protect Patrick Mahomes and Spencer Ware's proven that. Um, this from the pro or this from the text line six nine three zero six. Maybe Drew Locke could find a career as a Pat's backup. Wow, there's a lot of shade there. Let's just like, like let's <laughs> let the man have a career. It's either going to be a rivalry for a while, or maybe he does wind up coming to backup Pat eventually. I wish. Wish he wasn't with the Broncos. I know that's, that's no fun. Is this an unpopular opinion? I'm 27, grew up with Tony, who taught me tradition. But getting to comprehend the entirety of Travis Kelsey's career in my adult years makes him my favorite Chiefs tight end of all time. I I don't think you the should. The Falcons' be. comments too don't help. Yeah, no. T- Tony's Tony's like you know he's quietly just you know endearing himself less to Chiefs fans. But man, Travis Kelsey, I know it's a little bit different of an era than what Tony G played in, and obviously he got the back end of that you know kind of era, but. Yeah, people don't really appreciate how good Travis Kelsey has been. And, you know, he's got a little bit more of a – he's got a little bit more of competition than I think Tony G did back in his day. I right. think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really good tight ends nowadays. But, man, just appreciate what Travis Kelsey's doing because he might statistically wind up beating some of the stuff Tony G went through. I think Kelsey will surpass Tony in the eyes of Chiefs fans for good and for complete if – he has this something that Tony never really had in you know in my opinion like a signature playoff moment or game where he catches a pass and it's something you that you remember forever. Then I think you'll finally say, okay, Kelsey is the guy. I think sometimes, and this isn't all the time, and I'm not you know I know I'm nitpicking here. There are big games where 
he does tend to maybe get, disappear a little bit. Yeah, he and is. I want to see that big game from Travis Kelsey. He's going to get several opportunities. He, he might get an opportunity to win a ring, too. Yeah. I mean, he, he really could. Before before he's done, I think the Chiefs could wind up with a, with a ring and, and Travis Kelsey playing a big role in that game. And statistically, and this is just reality, with Gronk retiring and Kelsey seemingly pretty healthy here, you could be talking about statistically the greatest tight end of all time when it's all said right. and done. It depends on how many years he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Melvin had said that, the tight ends coach for the Chiefs, earlier this year. Now we'll go to Twitter for some of these questions. This from our own producer, Dusty. Who's going to hit the snow angel in the end zone celebration first? Uh, or the Dane and Hughes, as you call, from Iowa. Let's go with... Let's go with Spencer Ware. Oh, wow. You think Spencer Ware, instead of throwing up the fours like he does every single time. He's going to hold the fours up while he does the snow angel. <laughs> there it it's going to be beautiful. I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to make a snow angel. I think he's going to make a snow lizard somehow. Like, there's <laughs> going to be some way he like slithers in. Dusty, it's your question. Feel free to weigh in on this. Yeah, I think Chris Jones gets a pick six. And does <laughs> I mean, be, the biggest here, snow angel of all time. <laughs> a gigantic, a he gigantic seems like the guy. He's like a man child, basically. Yeah, that, that, he's playful enough to do it. What if Mahomes does it? I mean, I, but leaves the one hand up, so, or someone just, steps on like his a, hand while he's doing it. It's, oh, a, it's a snow flex from Mahomes. He's just flexing he's, in the snow, and people sell like the snowflakes that he crushed on the field for money on like Amazon. Patrick yeah. Masnow. Oh, wow. we're going. Uh-oh. Let's keep going with this. Okay, let's let's move on here. Is the decision to not cover the field somehow advantageous for the Chiefs? I would have thought the reverse to be true. I don't know why they're doing this. Like I said, here's my real amateur analysis on the the field stuff today. I think when you cover the field, it could freeze the field. Now the Chiefs have this advanced system where they could heat it and it melts a little bit more. And I think you're seeing that as some of the pictures are coming out where it remains soft as opposed to really hard ground. That's my best guess. Yeah, they got the heaters working underneath it. It looks like they've been taking snowblowers to the field uh, the last hour or so. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the what the deal is. And hopefully it doesn't affect Patrick Mahomes all that much. This from John. Want to offer condolences to the Locke family for the dismantling. So it's nice, John, to wish both Drew and Andy, friend of Bink, his condolences for apparently getting <laughs> sacked today. Again, Craig Stout predicting eight sacks in this game. <laughs> Which is an incredible amount of sacks. Um, how does the defense match up against Drew Locke? I feel like the past D has looked really solid lately, but I'm afraid the Broncos' run game might keep us off balance. Running backs continue to have success against the Chiefs. Yeah, and I mean, uh, maybe that maybe that equalizes things a little bit, uh, you know, today. But I, I don't know uh, if if it will. Uh, certainly, the run game is going to continue to be a problem. Uh, for this team, and that's okay because it really hasn't affected them all that much. As long as the offense continues to have success, they're going to be just fine. A couple more minutes of your questions here on the AP Tailgate Live mailbag. You can get your question in text 69306. I think this is a good question from Twitter. Does the snow benefit the Chiefs more or the Broncos more? Uh, I think, I don't know if it affects, I don't, I don't know if benefits anybody. Uh, either way, honestly, I, I think it. I mean, it, it might just change a little bit of of the scheme to to a run heavy game. I don't think it really will because I think teams that try to throw the football in the snow wind up having a little bit of success anyway. Um, that the weather hasn't affected it all too much in the past, so maybe it maybe it affects or it helps the Broncos just a little bit more. But I, I still don't see it being something that's really going to affect the outcome of this football game. I like the point where the snow impacts the secondary a bit more. And if that's the case, and Tyree Kill can even yeah. burn past him yeah. even more today through the snow. Like, to me, 
seems like the advantage is to the Chiefs. I don't know for sure here. One thing I think you need to take into consideration, if you watch these guys warming up, the Chiefs look like it's not phasing them in the slightest. They're having fun. They're playing. Right. They're throwing snowballs at each other. Patrick Mahomes, with kneecap and all, is sliding around on the field like there's nothing wrong. So I, I don't think that there is, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's affecting them at all, and I don't think it's going to affect their game. This from the 816, over under for parking lot wrecks today. High. I'll take the over on it. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's high. It's going to be a nightmare out there. Getting out and getting in, I just it's going to be a mess. I don't envy anybody that has to be out there right now. Ken, this is probably a better question for you than me, as you're quite the film guy. Do we see a lot of jet sweep this game? Yeah, that's something I'm curious to see, uh, especially with... Um, you know, with how slippery it is out there, I, I wonder it, it could it could go both ways. You know, I, some of the Chiefs like the Chiefs moved Patrick or moved Tyreek Hill around a lot last week, which is really what helped them get a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of flow. He's pretty important to them with their movements pre-snap. Tyreek Hill has been, um, and, and so they kind of started utilizing that a little bit more. So that could be that could be valuable. Uh, the jet sweeps are really a way to help get Tyreek Hill or to get McCole Hardman some opportunities too, and with you know, the edge rushers, maybe you know, like a lot of times with these jet sweeps, they'll leave the end man on the line of scrimmage unblocked. Right. And if the there's no depth along the defensive line for the Broncos, I could see them trying to catch, you know, an unblocked defensive end and McCole Hardman running right past them. So, I mean, it, it's going to be fascinating to see. That's one question to follow up. How effective would Tyreek be out of the backfield? I feel like highly. Right. I mean, is it something you consider, especially with the running backs? I mean, I think you've got a running back in college. You've got to consider. I mean, maybe not necessarily turn around and hand the ball off to him. But like, I think some of these short, you know, screenplay type things where you're just getting the ball in the hands of a good football player and then hoping that he can make a play out on the edge, like with Tyreek Hill and McCall. I think that's something that you could incorporate it because those are safe plays. Those are easy plays. And there's going to be a lot of guys slipping and sliding around. Um, and this is the final question, and I know, Kent, you'll like this one before we get into our quarterback matchup. I'm very concerned about our run game. We don't have one. The field conditions might dictate a running battle. Well, I I just don't think so. I think they're going to have a, <laughs> they're going to have no problem slinging the football around. Kent uh, hates running the football. Both teams have to deal with it. The secondary is going to have to play a little bit slower. The Chiefs know where they're going. And so that, I mean, the, the offenses know where they're going. The defenses don't. Having to react in the snow is not good for defensive players. They should be able to throw the football, and they might be able to hit him over the top, even if Patrick Mahomes' hand is is hurt. (laughs) Patrick Mahand. Patrick Mahand. Yeah. That was an unintentional pun. Speaking of Mahand, let's get into your quarterback battle. It's time for the quarterback matchup. Drew Locke, second rounder out of Missouri. Lee Summit High School and makes his return home to play in the stadium he grew up visiting. So far over the last two games, Locke was 40 of 55 for 443 yards for five touchdowns and two interceptions, a 111.4 passer rating, and a 2-0 record over both the L.A. Chargers and the Houston Texans. Kent, are you buying into Drew Locke or will the Chiefs defense Take care of Kansas City's own. Uh, so I weird to say. I think you. I think I got to give a lot, a lot of credit to what Drew Locke has done early in his young career. I think he's pretty impressive. Um, the problem is he, him coming out of college, he was a little bit inconsistent, a little bit up and down. It was a game by game basis. Some games he 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 looked exceptional. Some games he wouldn't. Even in his good performances so far, he's put the ball at risk and made some throws that were probably ill advised that just worked his way. 
I don't know if that's sustainable. I think this is going to be a regression game for Drew Locke. I think this is a game that the Chiefs are able to get their hands on a couple of footballs. And I think this is a game where he comes down to earth a little bit. Not to say that he's completely, you know, um, you should write him off or anything. But I think this is a regression game for Drew Locke. Now, I got to ask you about this because I heard this on the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory on the AP Podcast Network. Matt Lane, he almost made the joke, Locke is throw to throw. Like, you don't know what you're going to get on each throw. You could, yeah, I mean, there, there's some truth to that, um, especially since, you know, if you affect him with pressure, he's going to throw off his back foot. He's going to try to get a little bit too aggressive. That's kind of been his his mode where, you know, if if he if, if things are not ideal and perfect, sometimes you, you like that as a, as a defense because the variables become a little bit more inconsistent. So um, if you're able to affect him, you're going to be just fine, and, and he'll he'll give you some balls. And on the other side, it's the 2017 10th overall pick out of Texas Tech. Patrick Mahomes, this from Vahe Gregorian of the Kansas City Star. When the Chiefs came out for final warm-ups a few minutes ago, Mahomes skipped onto the field, waving his arms like a little kid, seemingly embracing the conditions. 500-plus yards passing. Uh, <laughs> hey! I think I know who I'm putting in my lineup now. I'm not uh I it looks like he looks like he's playing with freedom. He looks like he's playing with comfort and and maybe the hand isn't a problem at all for him because he's certainly acting like there's no problem at all. It's definitely something to monitor as the game goes on, but um you could see a pretty good game from uh from Patrick Levon Mahomes today. As Kent has made, I would say relatively famous, Patrick Levon Mahand enters the game <laughs> a career 21 and 7, more than 8500 yards, 71 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. He has a career passer rating of 109.2, so he's chasing Drew Lock. Uh, from the ankle to the knee to the hand, Mahomes has faced one injury or another all season long. It's led to some struggles. The Chiefs said that they had to alter the game plan last week versus the Patriots, a game in which the Chiefs still won 23 to 16. Mahomes is eight and three on the year and he has more than three thousand yards 21 touchdowns and three interceptions boy how about that eight three thousand twenty one and three missing two games what, such such regression from patrick mahomes i mean the guy's thrown three interceptions all year it's it's just absurd the the standard that he's created he's he's i think he's the best quarterback in the national football league for my money if you have to put a number on it for Mahomes right now, I still don't think he's 100%. I just no. don't think he will be until next year. And I think next year there's going to be this storyline for the whole Chiefs season, revenge of the Mahomes, because you forgot about Mahomes a little bit. Um, I think it, I think he's at like an 80, 80, 85, 95% somewhere in there. Let's see how these next three weeks go during the regular season, because I think it would be very fitting for Patrick Mahomes to just make a run in the playoff. If he can get, if he can get healthy... You could just see a legendary stretch where the best quarterback in football plays like the best quarterback in football because he's completely healthy. So that's something to monitor the next three weeks. Patrick Mahomes versus Drew Locke. It's coming up at noon in about 31 minutes. When we come back, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, he spoke this week and some of his comments will fire you up. That's next on the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. Pride Tailgate Show, driven by Aristocrat Motors. Now back to the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate Show, driven by Aristocrat Motors, Kansas City's home of luxury automobiles for over 50 years. Here's Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson. Welcome in to, welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate as the Chiefs get set to play the Denver Broncos at noon Arrowhead time from a very snowy Arrowhead Stadium. 
Jay Glazer just dropping bombs out here. We're going to get to Tyron Matthew in a second. I know I teased that before the break. Um, Jay Glazer reportedly just released footage of what the Patriots had on the Bengals. You know, there's been this Spygate 2 type of deal. And, Kent, you had a chance to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. It uh, looks especially fishy, doesn't it? It looks very fishy. Um, it, <laughs> there's, a, it's, there's a conversation being kind of dubbed behind it of, of Bengals uh, security talking to these Patriots filmers. Uh, it, seems, it seems like there was a very real football-related purpose for them filming the sidelines because it is basically just them straight shot at the sideline. I'm having a chance to look at it now. It's bad. I mean, the whole excuse was that they were filming a documentary on, what, the advanced scout for the New England Patriots, and this would have nothing to do with that. But I don't know why anyone would need B-roll of the of the team's sideline as means to try to, you know, do some kind of artistic representation of what the advanced scout does. This is just... It would be the field. You would watch the players and the actions on the field, I think, before you would be watching the sidelines. Uh, there was a report, you know, if you're a fan of baseball as well, about the Houston Astros um, this offseason and how they have been filming signs and had this advanced system and video, and this feels awfully similar to that. I just have a hard time believing that a team that is that is so, you know, detail-oriented with everything is just sloppy when they cheat. There's got to be more to what this football team does just based on circ- like the evidence just seems like there's this team is just this organization is just shady left it, and right. It seems like detail to the minute. Yeah. You know, like and so that it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It doesn't does not add up. No, does not add up as an honest, innocent mistake. Our guy Jay Binkley also noted that Glazer had some news on Patrick Mahomes. And so let's play that for you right now. I've dropped it in our folder for you. Look, it's actually worse than people thought. He has a sprain on the outside here, black and blue on both sides. It wasn't broken, but he actually told the team, if it is, I'm still playing. For the first few days this week, up until Thursday, he couldn't really grip the ball and throw it well. Thursday, a little bit better. Friday, he was finally zinging it, but they are a little bit nervous about what happens if he hits his hand on a helmet or comes down hard on it. So the report from Fox's Jay Glazer says Mahomes had a sprain and couldn't really throw the ball. If you heard that, I mean, I'm just going to repeat what he said until Thursday was finally okay on Friday. So this thing's going to be sensitive. He can't, he can't take a chance with getting hit today. No, you can't take one single chance. So what I expect to see is this game plan where he's getting the ball out a lot quicker and Maybe not a ton of deep shots because if you want to take a deep shot, you got to wait for the receivers to get down the field. You got to get the ball out of your hands, and that, honestly, it might it might limit their ability to to run the kind of run pass option stuff. Because if you if you notice when the Chiefs run some of this run pass option stuff, there's there's typically a free player that gets through because because it's a run design and they're trying to put some players in conflict. And I mean, some of Patrick Mahomes' injuries and reaggravations, like. There's there's pressure in your face on these run pass options. I wonder if they can even 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 do those. Honestly, the good news is the last time the Chiefs played the Broncos before Patrick Mahomes dislocated his knee, it was short, quick game. The ball was out of his hand and they were carving him up. So hopefully they're able to do some of that this week. <sighs> you got to be nervous about the about the league MVP. I hate this because I, think, I do too. I think everything is breaking in the wrong direction Ugh. for the Chiefs. And there's not a lot of time left. Here's my deal. Here's my deal. You have to start at this point. And we're going off. We're going to get to Matthew in a second. I know I promised that. Um, 
you have to start considering you have a home game locked up. The chances of you getting a bye. So, I mean, the three seed would be nice. You you probably will get that. The Patriots have to lose to one of three teams. The Bills, who they beat all the time. The Bengals or the Dolphins. Right. At this point, is it smart to just cut your losses here? Matt Moore won a game against a good Vikings team. I think the thing you're nervous about if you're the Chiefs is having to I, I it may not necessarily just be the one or the the one or two seed that's it's probably going to be the two seed if we're being honest if, if they have a chance at a buy but you've also got to take into consideration the the three four seed because you don't want to play I don't think you want to play the bills if you're the four seed sure. having to play the five seed and I think that's where you're a little bit nervous so I mean that's fine but like and this is something that that I said the other day Unless Mahomes is close to healthy, you are not beating Baltimore in Baltimore. You're not. You're not. And at a certain point, you got to start to think about that. And again, if his hand is sensitive here, the offensive line as a whole, you look at this year, has been poor with protecting Mahomes. You're looking at him getting hit today. You know, there's no doubt you're getting. He's going to get hit today. We got Von Miller. It's cold. It's icy. It, the the ground is going to be harder than normal. I, if you're not nervous. I don't know what to tell you. This is this this whole thing is just if the Chiefs lose this, honestly, if the Chiefs lose this game, I wonder if they shut Pat down for the last couple of weeks. I think you do it. I really think you do it. I know that is a outlandish thing to say. I think you truly shut down um who is the league MVP. We forget that now because again, Lamar has been playing um so well. But wow, like that is to me very big news. Thanks again to Jay Binkley for, for dropping Jay Glazer's uh, sound in there. Let's actually play it one more time, and then we'll move on to uh, Patrick, or I'm sorry, Tyron Matthew. Look, it's actually worse than people thought. He has a sprain on the outside here, black and blue on both sides. It wasn't broken, but he actually told the team, if it is, I'm still playing. For the first few days this week, up until Thursday, he couldn't really grip the ball and throw it well. Thursday, a little bit better. Friday, he was finally zinging it, but they are a little bit nervous about what happens if he hits his hand on a helmet or comes down hard on it. Pat, I love you. You can't play with a broken throwing hands you just can't appreciate the commitment though jay glazer also again as we said he dropped some footage of the patriots filming the bengals i retweeted it on the arrowhead pride account so head over to twitter.com slash arrowhead pride uh, to find what we're talking about where the patriots they're going to be either heavily fined or losing a draft pick i think this is that high this is this has to be that much of a punishment pretty clearly there was no need to be filming um, the bengals sideline Tyron Matthew spoke this week about the relationship between him and Steve Spagnolo, and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, he's a proven winner. Um, you know, he's won the, the biggest of games in this league. Um, you know, he's beat, you know, some of the best offensive coordinators, some of the best quarterbacks um, this league has ever seen. Um, I think he's very detailed in, in, in uh, you know, what he wants to get done. Um, and, and I think he stresses that, you know, to the group a lot, not only us, but his coaches as well. And um, I think that's always a, a good thing. So, Matthew, really an extension of Spags on the field. You can see that these guys are basically seeing eye to eye. Yeah, we're kind of the same height. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think we see everything the same. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, um, you know, me and Spags are, you know, I think we feed off of each other. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I feel like I'm an extension of him on the football field. Um, just trying to understand really what he wants to get done, um, how he sees us playing the game plan. And, you know, for me, just being a middleman, kind of relating that to our guys um, so that they can understand it. 
So that is Matthew speaking about specs. I, I, you, you saw it happen. Like some of the cuts that you saw maybe on the franchise, you know, during the season, the, their, their, the Chiefs uh, show, you could see that there was really good lines of communication early on between Spags and, and Tyron Matthew. Um, I think I think Tyron Matthew's been really critical in helping build this culture that Steve Spagnuolo is working with here. Um, and it, it's only getting continuing to get better and better. And in this group, the communication continues to to improve. I, they're certainly trending in the right direction, and it's going to be fun to watch them in the next couple of years as they continue to build off of this. Yeah, and, and you look at the Chiefs' secondary entering the season, and we talk about the cornerbacks all the time. Kent still wants a cornerback, and they for, need, good, for, for good reason. They need several. Traverius Ward, Bashad Breland, not a ton to work with there. At this point, they have Alex Brown up. Uh, you look at the safety. He was be working with Stan Sorensen, who is a really good uh, backup, really good role player, uh, and next to a rookie. You didn't know what to expect from the Chiefs secondary, and we, I think across the board, said this is going to be the biggest weakness of this team. If mm-hmm. this team loses and doesn't accomplish the goal of a Super Bowl, it would be the secondary's fault. And the, the secondary has been a strength, and here was Matthew speaking about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I reminded my guys today, um, you know, we have been doing some good things, um, you know, on the back end. Uh, I think it's important to understand that, you know, um, not many not many people really believed in us. Not many people, um, you know, thought we can get to this point in the season um, where, where we were kind of communicating well, that that, that chemistry is building. Uh, and you can see that when you cut on the tape. Uh, so I think it's important for us to kind of stay committed to the process, understanding, you know, what we felt like that first meeting, getting together uh, versus what we feel like now. And uh, we still got a long way to go, um, but um, I, I think we're heading the right direction. That first meeting, what did you, what did you feel like? Just... Well, we knew it was going to be an uphill climb. You know, we knew it was going to be a challenge, obviously. Um, you know, given how much success this team had last year, we really felt like on the back end, um, you know, the narrative or the story was going to come down to whether or not we played well on the back end. So we took it very personal. We still take it very personal. And, um, yeah, going forward, it's important to kind of tune out the noise, whether we're doing good or bad, uh, but understanding, you know, we, we still have goals in front of us and, you know, we got to reach those. The Honey Badger, the culture changer of this Kansas City Chiefs team. He will be one to watch today as the Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. When we come back, we will have our things to watch for in this game. We'll play win if, lose if, and we'll have our premier picks wrapping up as the Chiefs will take on the Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium at noon Arrowhead time. You are listening to the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. The Arrowhead Pride Tailgate Show, driven by Aristocrat Motors. Welcome back into a very snowy edition of the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. Getting ready for a snow game at Arrowhead Stadium, the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. In just a second, we'll get into some things to watch for in this game. The news right now in the NFL, um, it's crazy. I mean, this footage, if you haven't seen it, again, I retweeted it on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter uh, account, uh, twitter.com slash Pride. It almost feels bigger than the Chiefs and Broncos game. Oh, it does. It's a a bombshell. Um, It's an absolute bombshell. You see the footage of the, um, what was the Patriots have described, it was for their do-year job show. They were having B-roll for their do-year job show where they were filming um, supposedly an advanced scout for the New New England Patriots doing a special on them for their show. And you look at the B-roll here, and it literally, if I'm describing it, if you're not in a car, if you're not in front of a computer, you can probably use your phone if you want, uh, you can see 
it is just a direct shot of the Bengals' sideline where, if you don't understand, you could see signals and how the Bengals kind of operate. So when the Substitution pa- patterns. Substitution patterns. When the, when the Patriots go and play the Bengals in, a, in what, the next game, it's they today. have that in today's <laughs> game, they have that advantage and can kind of predict, okay, these are the plays maybe the Bengals are running based upon looking at the sideline. That is direct cheating. That is, there's no questions about it. And to me, I would go as far as to say, this makes Bill Belichick's success, six Super Bowls, consistent winning, way less impressive because if you were doing this for the one game against the Bengals, you must have been doing this what for 20 years there's no way that the new england patriots are good at everything and just really bad at cheating they have to be doing it at a scale that is just much larger than any other team in the national football league they can't just be so sloppy with cheating and good at everything else i think they just there's such a large sample size of them doing things that they get caught more than anybody else because they're doing more it's, it's embarrassing. Glazer also had uh, big news on Patrick Mahomes. I've already played it twice, but I'll just play it one more time. It's, it's important. It's <laughs> unreal that he has so much information coming to him. Here's uh, Glazer with a report on Mahomes' hand. Look, it's actually worse than people thought. He has a sprain on the outside here, black and blue on both sides. It wasn't broken, but he actually told the team, if it is, I'm still playing. For the first few days this week, up until Thursday, he couldn't really grip the ball and throw it well. Thursday, a little bit better. Friday, he was finally zinging it, but they are a little bit nervous about what happens if he hits his hand on a helmet or comes down hard on it. So there you go. Jay Glazer reporting Mahomes' hand is a lot serious, so it's going to be important to watch in this football game today when he is taken down, if it happens early in the game, it's going to impact him. I, you know, you're starting to think, okay, maybe unlike Craig's prediction, he didn't know this before, this will be a, a low-scoring football game. Uh, the things to watch for in this game with a win week 15, Andy Reid would grab his fifth straight 10-win season with the Chiefs, which would break Marty Schottenheimer's four-season streak from 1990 to 93 for the most consecutive 10-win seasons by a head coach in franchise history. We think Andy is doing this without cheating. So that's that's... <laughs> That's comforting. Or not cheating as much. Like, let's just be honest. Everyone there's probably, tries to, there's a little bit of everything. Everyone tries everyone. to get advantages. That is, you have to say that. This is blatant and disgusting, in my opinion. It's probably it's probably bigger scale than we even realize. By holding Denver to 70, 17 points or less in Week 15, Kansas City would log their fourth consecutive outing of holding an opponent to a maximum of 17 points scored for the first time since 2015. Uh, which speaks to the defense and the job Spags has done. We've been talking about it all show. This is probably the most important stat you're going to be watching for today, and it'll happen today almost assuredly. Travis Kelsey only needs 11 yards. He'll become the first tight end in NFL history to record four consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. If he has 56 receiving yards, which is also very capable, Kelsey would break Packers tight end Jimmy Graham's league record for most career receiving yards through a Titans' first for, through a tight end, not a Titan, a tight end's first seven NFL seasons in league history. So Travis Kelsey on his way, if he can stay healthy, stay consistent to a pro football Hall of Fame career, almost definitely. So pretty cool uh, when it comes to Kelsey. That'll be something to watch again. 11 yards is the magic number uh, for 1,000 yards. Let's time. Uh, it's time to play Chiefs win if. The Chiefs win if. Get. How did the Chiefs win this football game? If they can affect Drew Locke. Drew Locke, I think he's 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 got not much of an offensive line around him. He struggles against pressure. He likes to throw off his back foot. I don't think he processes things as cleanly when he's got someone in his face. If they can affect Drew Locke, they're going to win this football game, and it might not be close. Yeah, I think the key is you just heard it. 
right? It is protecting Patrick Mahomes. If this hand was better on Friday, I mean, we've all had ding-ups, right? We're all adults. We've hurt our hand by being dumb, whether it's in like a car door or dropping something on your toe or something. I mean, it's going to hurt for a while. So if it gets hit again, Mm -hmm. it hurts all the more. So they can protect Patrick Mahomes and keep him healthy in this football game. I think the Chiefs have no problem. Um, But again, that's a lot easier uh, said than done. So that is the win if for your Kansas City Chiefs. And now we go to the other side of it. The Chiefs lose if. All right, Ken, how does this turn into a disaster? Similar to what you just said. If they if the, if the Chiefs can't pass the football, they're not going to win this football game. If this turns into a run game versus run game type of type of game, where it is the run game of the Chiefs against the run game of the Broncos, I don't think the Chiefs win that matchup. The, the The trump card that the Chiefs have and will continue to have is throwing the football. It sounds like Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing in much more pain than we even uh, imagined initially. It sounds like it's going to be a potential hindrance if he gets hurt at all. That scares me a little bit more than uh, than what I thought. But uh, if if they can if they can throw the football with any kind of success, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I I guess it's similar. I think because of this break late breaking news, I just see this game as maybe a little bit low lower scoring than I initially thought. Yeah, and so I'm more nervous. Than setting I was. the edge, I think, is my if the Chiefs don't set the edge against Philip Lindsay in a game that may be a high carry game between 20 and 30, just depending on how it goes. And Lindsey's explosive. Like, I expect him to be good in, in the snow today, and I expect the Broncos to use him a lot because, again, Drew Locke is young here. I mean, and this is going to be a high-emotion game for him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I man, I can't get away from this Patriots story. I, know I, I can't get away on, from it. I know we're talking about the Chiefs-Broncos game. This is just stunning, stunning footage, stunning, stunning news. Uh, let's keep it with the Chiefs and the Broncos and do our premier picks. One last chance to guess wrong. Here's Pete and Kent's premier picks, driven by Aristocrat Motors, Kansas City's home of luxury automobiles for over 50 years. You heard the sweet lady. Premier picks is brought to you by Aristocrat Motors, Kansas City's home of luxury automobiles for over 50 years. Kent, we have all the information in front of us. How does this game go? A snowy day at our end. You know what? I'm going to stick with my initial prediction. I'm, uh, I, you know, I, obviously some some factors have changed. I'm more nervous about Patrick Mahomes' hand than I've ever been, and the weather does look to be significant. But I'm still going 28-17, your Kansas City Woo! Chiefs. It, it's not as close as that looks either. I think it's a, a garbage-time touchdown for Drew Locke to, to make his parents happy. Uh, I think Juan Thornhill gets a pick six. Patrick Mahomes throws two touchdowns. Yeah, I hate this report. Um, I do too. It makes me think that the game's going to be a lot closer. If you're into sports betting, I would bet the Broncos with the points. Nine and a half seems like it'll, it could be a close game here now all of a sudden. Uh, I had originally a 42-21 to 21 final for the Chiefs, thinking that, okay, well, Pat's hand seems fine. You know, Eric Bieniemy saying Pat's going to be Pat. doesn't seem like it's fine anymore. I'm going to lower that down significantly this is a tough game to predict all of a sudden i'm gonna go 24 to 21 chiefs uh in what is a grinded out football game at arrowhead stadium Uh, like i said if you if you're a sports better i you know i I tend to dabble 
I know the boss man spec loves to sports bet. To me, the Broncos plus nine and a half seems like a given. Not to say the Broncos will win this football game, but this has become a lot scarier, uh, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Dusty. What, what do you think in this game? What's your premier pick? 31-17 Chiefs. Oh, wow. Still thinks above 30 points. Yeah, just because James Palmer just tweeted out Drew Locke before he goes out the tunnel in Arrowhead, he looks scared. He looks like a kid that's going to go see <laughs> Santa for the first time, like he's been told about it, he's lived it, and then he's got to actually do it, and it just doesn't look confident. I missed using the sound before. It feels like the perfect time to play it. Here was Drew Locke on his Kansas City days earlier this week. Since I still play football, I'm going to have to go with the basketball memories. Um, you know, you can't get those back. You know, you miss it a little bit. You know, I love the game of basketball. But, you know, we had a Applebee's right across from our school. Oh, man. Half price apps after nine. <laughs> and so by the time, you know, by the time you're done playing your game, you know, you and a couple of buddies that stayed after to wait for you to come out of the locker room, you go over there and, you know, do that. Get you a little Kiwi lemonade and go to town. I mean, if you're talking about Applebee's ahead of this football game, you're not in a position to win. Don't slander the half price apps, though. What is your what is your half price app of choice? So I mean, the, I haven't been to Applebee's in a minute, but the cheeseburger sliders you get you get three cheeseburger sliders and fries. That just sounds like a disastrous end. The mozzi sticks were good. You could get the you could get the chili cheese nachos, but sub the fries instead of the instead that's of the chips. That's the clutch move. That's that's probably the play. That's how we did it in the burg. And then the other thing that's great about the Applebee's half off apps was that uh, like kung pao shrimp or whatever it was. Yeah, that got hit up a couple. Times. It's a, it's a no for me, dog. Okay, sorry. Ray Why are we action. talking about Applebee's? Patrick Mahomes' hand is bl- black and blue. That'll be numb by the first quarter's over. A little black and blue. Cheat, little black and blue cheeseburger at Applebee's. Sign me up. And, and, and the Patriots' hands are red. <laughs> Look at you. Look Thank at you. that. Look at you. And Patrick Snow is that the other one? Yeah. Patrick Snow, Patrick Mahand, Patrick Mahomes. We'll play in less than five minutes. It's the Denver Broncos taking on your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the hand is something we are going to be watching in this game. He can't be taken down. That's essentially what I've gathered. If it's a situation where he has to brace himself, We've all played football in the snow. We've all played sports in the snow. You know how it feels when you fall on your hands Ugh. in the snow. The worst is when the snow gets wet on you, and so you just got you're just you're just you're just frozen. It's awful. Uh, Cortland Sutton probably feeling a little bit better about his uh, bold prediction that when the Broncos take care of business, they will change things in the AFC West. Okay, I don't know if Cortland Sutton knows that the Chiefs already won the AFC West. Someone needs to fill him in on that. But, yeah, I'm excited for this matchup between Locke and Mahomes. There's Kent just tweeting away his I got black, takes. And blue, <laughs> black and blue. It seems like what I'll say from the videos coming out of Arrowhead Stadium, it seems like the Chiefs between the Marcus Robinson snowball fight, between the tweet from Vahe saying Mahomes is really excited to play in the snow, throwing his hands up in the air. They're eager to play in this snow football game. I mean, you remember being a kid. Forget about even – Playing in college or high school, Ken, just like outside with your friends mm-hmm. in the snow. Oh, there's this snuff powder on the ground. Let's just play full tackle without pads. Yeah. Everybody has done it. Yeah, no, it, 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 I've never, I've definitely not got a concussion doing that. That's for sure. I've <laughs> never, I've never, I've never, you know, you still can't protect the head in that in that scenario. I'm excited to see if the uh, Chiefs can. Get to Drew Lock early. I think that'll be a key for them in this game. If there's one thing I think I'm looking for in the first quarter, besides protecting Mahomes, which I'll be looking at now for the entire game, absolutely. It's how soon can the Chiefs get to Drew Lock? 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and I want I'm kind of just curious to see how new, how uh, Denver navigates this too. just how much do they put on him early? Do they try to jump out on on the Chiefs, you know, with with a couple aggressive play calls down the field to try to soften some things up? Do they just really just lean on the re- run game right away to try to just get him into the swing of things? Like there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of ways they can go. And it'll be kind of curious. I'm just kind of curious to see how much trust they put in Drew Locke early in the game, too. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, to, to watch, and and things have gotten um, a little dicier for me. I'm who, I'm very nervous about Patrick Mahomes. Right who now. who touches the football first? Do you think in this game for the Chiefs is it Spencer Ware or Lashawn McCoy? I bet you it's Lashawn McCoy. Andrew Wiley. I bet you it's Lashawn McCoy. <laughs> Chiefs do have their full offensive line, so Andrew Wiley will be in the mix there. I bet you it's I bet you it's Lashawn McCoy. Uh, but that does I think I think Spencer Ware ultimately winds up getting more snaps. Like that would be my guess. We're just minutes away from the start of this game at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs taking on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, excited to be in the snow, but again, we're, we're monitoring his hand ever since the Jay Glazer report that this thing has been black and blue all week, and it is something to watch. He looks like, I mean, he looks like a kid having fun playing out there like he's comfortable and confident, but, like, I just don't understand how you can... I, I, the reports are, terrify me. They absolutely terrify me, uh, and it, not just for this game, but for moving forward. This is a game where, I mean, the the worst conditions you could possibly imagine for a beat up hand. Well, that's it. That's the preview. It's the Chiefs taking on the Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium. Coming up after the game, it's the Arrowhead Pride post game show with myself and Jay Binkley and you. We are excited about that. It's presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Thank you to Craig Stout, Matt Lane, Dusty Likens behind the glass, killing it, Jay Binkley, for that late sound. Uh, For Ken Swanson, I'm Pete Sweeney. It's the Chiefs and the Broncos at Snowy Hourhead. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate. This has been the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate, driven by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac on 610 Sports Radio. Join us as we take your calls on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show.